what's up everybody welcome to another week the live life wrestling show it's mike Mahler and sincere hogan that's me um hey man what's going on make sure you're on the line here oh, i'm doing <laughs> yeah, i'm doing really well man i've had a I've had a good run at the blackjack tables recently took a long hiatus haven't played in a while and just decided to get back into it last couple of nights i've been doing pretty well and managed to give a big f u to the m in south point before i left <laughs> <laughs> with on the winning side that is not an f u say you guys just took all my money <laughs> That's a good thing. In, in addition to all of that, we've had a lot of listeners using that coupon code LLA, and I laugh when I see the notes because it's always, "Hey, I don't, I don't, I want to make sure you guys know I'm not one of those freeloaders." <laughs> you know, you guys are talking about, or, or I want to do my part. So it just goes to show, man. Be honest, because I guarantee you, there's a lot of podcasts out there who complain about this stuff off air. Oh man, we oh, go listeners not buying anything. I was like, that's not doing anyone any good. Because my attitude is, yeah, I mean, people should know better, but I don't assume people do anything. Right. So we're, we're, we're not presumptuous on this show. We, we're just going to call it as it is. And let's reward people that have been using that coupon code first before I go on my usual weekly tirade on the people who haven't. And let's see. We've got Michael Lagrano, Lagrano, Ron Putnam, Robert Tappan, Kelly Starr, Chad Cook, Fabio Vieira out of Brazil. Yep, this yep, is his Fabio. second order. Yeah, yep. so the first order actually made it. It's a good dude. <laughs> good deal, Fabio. <laughs> we got John Esson, Eddie Briggs, Sam Sandhu, Jeffrey Cordova, hmm. Pedro Morales, Dion McCloskey, Godfrey Malhado. I wonder if that's Godfrey the comedian. It is New York City address. <laughs> James Patterson and then G.S. Oliver out of the U.K. So thank you, everyone, for using that coupon code LLA to get 10% off the best nutrition supplements, the best testosterone booster, way better than what our guest on the show has today. We'll talk to him about that. <laughs> then, uh, what about uh, overall Patreon? Is there anything going on there? Well, actually, I'm going to give a shout-out to the folks that went over to newwarriortraining.com as well and used that coupon oh, cool. code. So Michael Brown. You know, got a nice Sharia door over there. Um, Stephen Wakefoos. Let's see, man. I don't want to jack up anybody's name here. Let's see, Brian Mahoney. And uh, see, I try to have all these written down. But, yeah. Brian just DeBates. Make up, just, just make up some names. <laughs> <laughs> Amber, Amber Mendez. And um, also, uh, speaking of Patreon as well. Um, see, man, I'm trying to get it together here. So, trying to hop around on my tablet. All right. And then over on Patreon, I just want to give a shout out to Dan Chiserick, man, because Dan went in. Um, he was already supporting the show on a monthly basis, uh, I believe, at like five bucks. And then Dan also, this goes to, this goes to show you the power of people who listen to us. Dan went in and changed his pledge each month and made it. He bumped it up to ten. So nice. he stepped it up, man. That's like uh, two weeks in a row someone's done that, man. That's becoming the the norm. So that's and the he thing. Buy, he buys stuff from both of us, exactly. too. Exactly. So I mean, I'm just this, like. And in fact, every person you named buys stuff from exactly. both of us. Exactly. The people you were naming, I was like, okay, yeah, he just bought something from me a couple of months ago. So, yeah, right. man. So, again, they're, they're doing more than their share. So folks who are not doing their share, come on, man. Step it up. Don't be well, that, I mean, the, don't I mean, the, prob guy. the problem is, is you need to make that doctor visit because <laughs> you may not know that your head is up your ass, you know, and that's hey, why you can't see the screen. I mean, if you can't see the screen, how are you supposed to buy anything or give us a review on iTunes or Stitcher or share the show on Twitter? Hey, man, or I Facebook. Some, of, some, of the, some of these listeners, they say, hey, man, I see that you're in the guns. I say, here's something I want to say to those guys, too. 
There's something that you can do with gun lube other than lubing up your gun as well. If you're one of those guys who just <laughs> listen to the show and you say, oh, man, I see that you're a firearms instructor now, but I see your name and I haven't seen you on any of our list of people who've purchased anything, who's on Patreon, who's given, you know, who shared an episode. Take that right. gun lube and stick it up that one long barrel of yours. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 and unplug it. Get that nine millimeter thing attached to your neck out of that gun hole of yours. Okay. And, 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 just stop, man. I mean, the other the other issue is you you may your your head may not be up your own ass; it may be up your significant other's ass, and that's just a sign of serious poor testosterone estrogen ratio. You clearly estrogen dominant, so you need not only the testosterone booster, you need EC block that conversion. And then if you're someone who's got you know bitch tits in a guck, I mean, come on, man, you're way beyond estrogen hold on, dominant. Hold on, hold on, man. Hold on. Wait a minute, man. Back. Don't up, don't man. ask me to no, define guck. Hold on, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I need you to back up for a minute, man. Don't don't just don't just throw something out there and then keep moving on. Like, come on, like that's a normal word. What in the blue hell is a gawk? <laughs> well, a gawk a, a gawk is where your gut and your male member become one unit. It's where there's no line of demarcation between oh, your gut man. and your manhood. All right, now. You shouldn't. I mean, it shouldn't oh. take to get to that point before you decide to do something about it. But sadly <laughs> enough, often it does. And you know what's funny is I have on, on Twitter, I have you know, hundreds of posts in a file, and I just recycle stuff because with Twitter, if someone doesn't see it that instant, they're they're not really going to see it at all. So you can recycle a lot of stuff, and it's 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 not always repetitive to the person seeing it because they're they're only going to see it when they're on Twitter. Unless you're tagged but, in it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Except a good friend of ours tends to tag us a little bit too much, and we'll make we'll make that a topic for our next episode, versus you and I. But funny thing is, every time I make a post about estrogen dominant symptoms, I get a bunch of orders. You know, <laughs> it's like it's uncanny. Every time I put that on Twitter, like within seconds, there's a bunch of orders. So you know what? You know you're hitting a nerve. And some people are like, man, you know that's. That's not real professional, Mike, to use words like cock and bitch tits. And I was like, you know what? I don't care about professional. I care about effectiveness. And it's definitely effective. We're going to use nice scientific language. No one's even going to understand what we're talking about. They're just going to move on. They're not even going to hit the link. Right. So, all right, man. Let's get to our guest today. He's been on the show before. He was one of our most downloaded guests, very popular episode. And now he's back again. And we're going to talk about performance enhancement strategies via supplements and other protocols. And then if there's time, we'll get into some alternative cancer therapies as well, because our good friend, Jace Nyborg, is battling cancer right now. And a lot of you have been helping us with the fundraising, which is fantastic. I think it's well over $20,000 that have been that have been yeah. raised for Jace. And that, that's awesome to see. Yeah. I think the last time I saw it was somewhere around, I think, almost at 24000 man. So. so if anyone needs a loan, just ask Jace. No, he's in a tough situation, yeah, but he's man. keeping his head high. And his, his family, I'm sure, feels a lot better knowing that. Hey, let me say not, this, only, not only are there a lot of people helping out, but also financially. Let me say this, Jace. I mean, because, you know, Jace uh, posted a picture. You know, he just went ahead and, you know, the chemo's kicking in now. And so the hair was starting to thin out, so he just went in and shaved his head. Dude, honestly... Keep it, keep the ball here. Rock it, bro. Just rock that. So I mean, now he looks Actually, like now he looks like a total badass. Like he should be on Hitman Forty Seven or whatever that, that new Hitman <laughs> show that's coming out now. Like, well, he's he got the right that. last name for it. That's exactly, good. exactly. Man. I, sincere, I heard you. I heard actually you're going to shave your head as a way of showing some solidarity. Nah, man. You know, which, I, I'll shave, <laughs> you're nah. going to you're going to sell your dreadlocks on eBay <laughs> as, <laughs> a fund, as a fundraiser. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's never going to happen. <laughs> I'm sorry. 
these locks won't be going to locks of love, man. I don't think there's any women or anybody out there that wants these things, man. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, no. There might be a guy in Japan who wants to buy them. But that's oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. Our oh, guest yeah. today is the one and only Thomas Inkledon. How you doing, Tom? I'm doing awesome, guys. How you guys doing? Oh, we're good, oh, great. man. Great to have you back, man. Let, let's dive right into this whole performance enhancement thing because there's a couple questions from listeners about certain certain supplements that have been making some trends these days. And one is ketone bodies. I'm not sure if you're familiar with those. Patrick Arnold is selling a supplement called Keto Force. Are you familiar with it? So I'm not familiar with Keto Force, but I know Pat personally. Um, actually, are, are, you you familiar, are you familiar with the ketone bodies? Yeah, so my research lab, um, well, when I say my research lab, let me be specific. A lab I work in. I didn't own the lab. I was not the director. Um, but, you know, when you're there every day, you kind of identify with it. Mm-hmm. And I was involved with uh, studying the effects of ketones on human physiology back in the early to mid-90s. And, you know, it's funny, just, just you hear from older people how things just keep coming back around, you know, like, yeah, yeah. it's new to you because you're a younger guy, but these guys did it back in the 1800s, you know? And so... The ketone you know, bodies or the just yeah, ketone so, diets in general, so, ketogenic so, diets? So ketones, whether it's through ketogenic diets, the state of ketosis, uh, or some other form, they've been used on and off for a really long time. They've been studied, uh, they're being studied in the military for applications for looking at, okay, how to help deep sea divers withstand, you know, the changes in pressures when they go to very deep diving depths. Like, can they um, function longer, you know, with, with less side effects? Yeah. Uh, can it facilitate body fat loss? And, you know, I, I guess the way I would sort of summarize my interpretation of an extensive amount of research is this. If you have difficulty metabolizing glucose or carbohydrates, then switching to any strategy that lowers carbohydrate will produce short-term results. Yeah, And, and that means... You could do, you know, metformin if you're into drugs. You can do alpha-lipoic acid high doses if you're into supplements. You could do a ketogenic diet if you're into, you know, nutrition. You could just eat less calories and train all day long and create ketosis that way. Right. Um, But, you know, to I don't see where an average guy taking ketones is going to help them do something a whole lot better because ultimately here's what I see. I see guys come in and they got shredded. But now they're too tired and weak to lift anything. They can't move. But they look really good. <laughs> so nobody yeah. wants to be a picture. You want to actually be someone that can move and look like – if you look like you could lift, you should be able to lift. You shouldn't <laughs> be like, I look real good, but I can't lift anything. <laughs> and so, which, is know, pretty, which is pretty common, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty common because it's um, – what, what, what the mistake a lot of guys make is they think they'll follow a strategy – for a goal now, once they hit that goal, they think the same strategy will be effective continuously. Right, and it's right. not the body's dynamic. Once you reach a certain point and you adapt, doing the same thing, it's not going to work. And a very simple example, you do follow a bench press program, your bench press goes up, it doesn't go up forever. It goes up eight to twelve weeks and after that you can't you know, you can't bench anymore. Right. And mm-hmm. now you gotta change it up. You gotta do something different. That's the same thing with diet strategy. So the usual rule of thumb mm-hmm. is get lean first and then add muscle. And that works way better 
then if you go back many years ago, like 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s even, the strategies then were to bulk up and then lean down. Right. right. And today it was kind of the opposite. It's a lot easier for some reason to add muscle for most guys, at least that I, I test, when they're lean versus when they're fat. Um, you're trying to do two things, two different things at one time, and, it, and it'll work for a beginner, but it won't work for a non-beginner. Right. Now, what about what about ketone bodies as a addition rather than as someone on a low carb diet? So in other words, as a pre workout type supplement. Yeah. So here's what I would say to that: that uh, Andrew Coggin years ago demonstrated that if you consistently train, you know, using high intensity exercise, whether it's um, you could do sprints like on a cyclogometer, running. You could do circuit weight training. Like there's all different kinds of ways to do this high intensity exercise that you'd naturally improve the ability to utilize intramuscular triglycerides. And that would, the significance of that is years ago there was this theory called the crossover theory. It was put out, it was put forth by George Brooks, who like in most graduate exercise physiology programs, he's considered like the godfather of exercise physiology. He's written some of the most widely used um, graduate textbooks in exercise physiology. And basically with this crossover theory, to say to state it really simply, is the greater the intensity of exercise, the less calories from fat or the less energy from fat, the more energy from carbohydrate. Right. Now, Dr. Coggin comes along and he's kind of like, you know, let's say uh, at the time, he's like, the young stud that's emerging intellectually in the field of exercise physiology. And he's showing that, hey, that with conditioning and training, you could actually improve dramatically the ability of the muscle to use um, all kinds of energy sources. And his focus was intramuscular triglycerides. But then if you look at his data, and the data from Patrick uh, Finney, who was from the... Um, University of California, San Diego at the time. I don't know if he's still there or not right now, but what Dr. Finney showed, or maybe it was uh, Stephen Finney, I'm sorry, I think I got the first name wrong. But what Dr. Finney showed is that um, you could actually increase the utilization of ketones. So essentially what you're finding, if you feed a human, and this probably would extrapolate backwards to certain animals, but if you feed someone ketones, they get better at using ketones and providing energy that way. If you feed them MCTs, they get better at that. If you feed them glucose, they get better at that. So in terms of the ability to quickly convert that energy into a form of energy that the body will need, you have to look at what is someone doing. So if you were lifting weights... I would say the best way to help you, you know, continue to have sustained energy, first take ATP. There's a peak ATP, which has been on and off the market for a while now. Do you find that effective? Because I heard that's not metabolized well. Like it doesn't increase. It's ATP, but it doesn't increase ATP. Have you found that to be effective, though? So when we tested that years ago, we found half the guys responded off the chart. Hmm. The guys, nothing at all. Yeah. So. We, our, our data at the time, we couldn't distinguish, like, you know, are you a responder or non-responder? There's no way I could test you beforehand. Right. But years later, after, um, so at that time I was with the Center for Sports Medicine at Penn State. Years later, I was at the University of Miami, and I was at the um, Rosenstiel Medical Sciences Building, and I got a chance to look at binding of ATP 
to isolated muscle fiber preparation. So basically, I sacrificed a poor rat. He made a wrong decision in his life, and so now I got my hands. Now he sacrificed. And now I'm taking out his muscle fibers. I'm mounting them in a preparation under a very super-powered microscope. And we're bathing the muscle fibers with a solution that would include ATP. And what I learned is that ATP, we normally think of ATP like at the molecular level within the muscle fiber. Yeah. We Or muscle cell, I guess. We don't think about ATP binding on the outside of the cell and stimulating events that way. And there's definitely, um, so there's a binding of ATP on the outside of the cell membrane. There's also a process called um, translocation where basically you have receptor-mediated endocytosis. So basically, you get this really large molecule that on paper, it's too big to absorb, it's too big to cross your cell membrane, but if it attaches to the right location, there's sort of like a little bubble or vacuole that's formed, and the body will uptake this molecule and transport it inside, and then like internal machinery will do the rest of the job to utilize an ATP. So um, I think it can be effective for some people. Now, outside of ATP, in terms of like immediate energy for guys lifting weights, you know, creatine and ribose, they're, they're, you know, and you get things that could provide really fast solutions. Now, the ketones... Have you found a high dose of ribose is necessary, or what, what dose do you recommend? So, specifically, it's dependent upon the rate of utilization. Like, yeah. if, I'm, if I'm walking and I'm talking on my cell phone, ribose ain't going to do anything for me. Because <laughs> I could aerobically generate the ATP I need for my task. Yeah. And But if I'm running with a tractor... You know, truck behind me that's got 18 wheels, and I'm struggling for my life to pull this thing. Um, ribose will not make me run faster. What it will allow me to do is to repeat my best performance more consistently. And because I can repeat my best performance more consistently, I get a better quality training effect, which means that over time, as my body adapts, I'll be bigger, faster, stronger. Type of yeah, beta alanine seems to work like that too, right? Yeah. You're not going to be able to lift more using beta alanine, but you can sustain performance longer. So, for example, using German volume training, you'll be able to sustain those 10 sets of 10. Maybe instead of having a drop-off point at set 6 or 7, it'll happen at 8 or 9 or thereafter. Yeah, and that's that, absolutely correct, Mike. You know, one of the things, though, I'd like to intersect here is that um, – I don't know about you guys when you set your goals, but when I was younger, you know, I would always have these extremely unrealistic goals. Like I'd start like a training regimen. I'm thinking, okay, I've got to lift 200 pounds more by the end of the month. (laughs) (laughs) And and, and let's be clear. I wasn't taking steroids. So there's no way. I mean, what, what happened is when I started working out, I got way stronger really fast. So, what, what, what happens then is my expectation is that's going to go on forever. You know, I yeah, never think yeah. about reality like, okay, I didn't lift weights before, so now I'm doing something that's structured and, you know, got, got some coaching behind me. That's why I'm getting stronger. Right. And so um, what I found as I got, let's say, more mature and I learned from my own knuckleheadedness is that if I set more reasonable goals, like, so using something like German volume training, if you go up, one to five pounds, you think, oh, man, that's nothing. I could easily do that. But now you multiply that by the number of reps, by the number of sets, over the number of exercise sessions for a month, you have hundreds of thousands of pounds more of work done. Right. Mm-hmm. And the stimulus that 
you know, presents to the body is very different than if you didn't lift that extra one to five pounds, you know, per, uh, let's say, um, exercise set, you know. Now, yeah, I mean, if you're if you're doing a set of deadlifts at 500 pounds and you do six reps instead of four, I mean, that's another thousand pounds you just right, moved. Exactly. So it's right. significant. Yeah. And that, those are those are details that, um, you know, sometimes as we're, you know, we're pushing our bodies to make significant progress, we sometimes lose sight of the fact that, hey, there's actually a sensible way to do this where you don't get hurt and you keep getting stronger longer. Versus, you know, maybe go push too hard, and now you tweak something, or you got so the the opposite of CrossFit basically is what you're committing. Yeah, pretty much. Well, you know, so I gotta say that in general, I've met a lot of people, CrossFit guys. I mean, I met a lot of people in CrossFit that I like, but in terms of like um, uh, some of the philosophies I've heard shared, you know, to tell people to tolerate pain or to tell people to push themselves. In a movement that they don't have a lot of skill in, yeah, or, or to right. persevere, persevere with poor technique. Yeah, I think that could be maybe more detrimental than helpful. You know, well, it's great for chiropractors and any kind of exactly. any kind of physical therapist. You know, their, yeah. their businesses are booming right now. <laughs> yeah, you try to persevere with poor technique with your your significant other and see how long that's going to last. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> less than a few minutes, that's for sure. <laughs> and it won't be consistent, so you won't have a few more training. We know days. we know where the one minute man <laughs> methodology came from. You know? <laughs> No, but I, I saw a guy at the gym the other day, and uh, he's a firefighter, and he was doing kettlebell snatches in between sets of kipping pull-ups and push-ups. And the kettlebell snatches were – I wouldn't even call it a kettlebell snatch. It was more like an upright raise, ballistic upright raise that almost went overhead <laughs> <You know? laughs> because there was no lower body power. And right. it's a 35-pound kettlebell. He was a big guy. Should have been should have been able to easily throw that overhead for as many reps as he wanted to. And every rep is the bell's flipping around, slamming the forearm. No hip drive at all, grimacing on every single rep. Several times I felt the need to go over there and show him correct technique, but I've, I've learned I just don't do that anymore because the few times I've done that in the gym, it's someone who doesn't know who I am. It falls on deaf ears, and then what am I getting out of it? Who cares? What do I care if this guy's using bad technique? But I felt, but I, more than once, I just felt the need. But I, my my intuition just said this guy's not going to be receptive because most guys are not good at taking advice, They're, especially in the context of a gym. Sure. So, um. You know, kind of to uh, get back on track with the ketones-related question, you know, I, I think it's something that could be used uh, for some people in certain specific situations. Well, I'll give you some. I'll give you some feedback because I've yeah. used keto for us, and I've had a few friends use it as well. And a friend of mine, Sabina Scala in the UK, she used it, and she's on a, a much lower calorie diet than, let's say, any of us are on. And she noticed huge benefits in energy. Her energy is such just through the roof. She's able to swim longer. She's able to get more reps in her workouts. So for work capacity, she found a big difference. And my guess is she responded so well because of her. She's not a big eater. She's, she works really hard, and her nutrition plan is probably somewhat in a bit of deficit of energy. I tried it myself. I, di I didn't find it did anything in terms of being able to lift heavier weights. But in terms of endurance, I definitely noticed quite a bit of a difference, especially in sprinting, where – Let's say I'm doing 10 100-yard sprints. Usually by set seven, you're you're starting to drop. Here I was able to just even on even on set 10, I'm crushing it all the way till the very end. I don't have that slowdown effect. So if, and then for repetitions in the gym, let's say high rep double kettlebell swings, I noticed there wasn't as much of a drop off. And for anything that was work capacity related or endurance related, I definitely noticed a difference. 
And then a, a few other people who took it, the only difference they noted was serious diarrhea. <laughs> you know, so it's yeah. quite, quite a few people got gut issues with it. And my, my guess is it's because it's a salt, you know, it's a high salt derivative where if you don't mix it with a lot of water, my guess is these guys put the scoop under their mouth and then just downed it with some water, which I've been done myself with supplements in the past. But this is one supplement you can't get away doing that. You want to mix it with at least 12 to 16 ounces of water, stir it up, sip slowly. Yeah. Let your body digest that. And Mike, do you think that also contributes also to their diet? So they may have been like, let's say, heavy protein consumers, animal protein consumers, you know, and they're already kind of taking in a lot of fat and salt as it is. Might have been, yeah, it might have been the salt probably more than anything else. If, they, if they're on a high salt diet or maybe they had a high salt meal right before they took it. Because mm-hmm. we all know what happens when you do high salt, especially if you put too much yeah. salt. Like I like to do a, a cleansing drink of lemon and a little bit of sea salt right yeah. but if you over if you overdo the sea salt you're going to get much more of a cleansing effect than you are, <laughs> yeah. you are you know? <laughs> so so this 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 whole ketone body thing is it's interesting to me it's obviously it's only a few people including myself that i can provide any feedback from i haven't seen any formal study on pros and cons but that, that seems like there's something there for endurance work capacity people do kettlebell sport crossfit sports any kind of endurance-related activity, I think there may be some benefit for certain people. Well, so a couple of things I'll share with you. If we were to look at all the studies done on, um, let's say, nutrition or diet and exercise or some type of pre-exercise, during exercise intervention, if you compare someone drinking water or taking nothing at all would that same person doing some endurance-related activity, it could be muscular endurance or it could be some long-distance cardiovascular endurance type of activity, um, almost universally, they perform better whether it's carbohydrate versus water placebo, protein versus water placebo, or fat versus water placebo, MCTs versus water placebo. Okay. Part of that is because you're providing energy. And the key there then is to provide the energy at a time point where the body can essentially digest it, excuse me, digest it, absorb it, get it to the cells, that's the utilization part, prior to the activity onset, so that now it's available, like you basically, you're essentially raising energy levels, if you will. So whether or not ketones are superior to now doing the other things we talked right, about. Right, right. I see where you're going. Yeah. So I, I don't know that that you could – I would say I mean, that you, – You could have a tablespoon of coconut oil instead and maybe get the same benefit or beta-alanine or ribose or creatine. Yeah. or there, There's a numerous different things. Yeah. Now from a, yeah. So if it's from a pure energy perspective, you know, so let's say I'm a consumer or I'm someone that wants to improve my energy – I got all these options, then logically you might say, what is the cheapest option to get the same benefit? Right? You know, and so you might look at it that way. You might look at it, well, what does my body tolerate? You know, like some guys, um, over the years I see some guys just handle certain supplements better than other. Right. Today I would speculate that it's because they have a microorganism in their digestive tract, mm, mm. and they're assuming they're reacting to, let's say, creatine or some other, you know, supplement. And the reality is that they may have an organism that, when they take that supplement, increases activity or action mm. of the organism. The organism produces certain chemicals that affect their GI function. You know, increases gastric motility, or yeah. hypothalamus, because um, that's far more. Um, 
you know, just from all the food allergy testing and GI testing we've been doing on people, yeah, the things we see today, our perspectives are so different than they were 10 or 15 years ago. Um, so, so anyway, I, I definitely think, you know, as an energy source, it could certainly help people. What I would, what I would say though, for people to consider, and I, and I have no financial bias. I don't really care. Someone wants to take creatine, ketones, ribose. Yeah, I mean the, the ketones are expensive, you know. So that's certainly a factor. If you can get the same benefit doing a variety of other things that are significantly more inexpensive, then that's certainly a factor to consider. Yeah. Now here's something that a lot of people don't think about. You know, they, they read about a supplement. They go and take it to try it. They go, oh, man, I feel great. Let's just say everybody's taking these ketones and feeling wonderful. There's a cost for anything that you do. And so, like, imagine this. Imagine you have a car, and you hardly use a car. So you fill up the gas tank and, you know, go a whole month without refilling it. But now you start driving that car 100 miles a day, now 200 miles a day. One, you have to keep putting gas in it more frequently. But now you start to have more wear and tear on belts in the car. You start using oil. If you go through different environments where it's raining, etc., now you have to use more windshield wiper fluid. Um, there may be more turnover for the transmission fluid, things like that. So there's a cost of consumables relative to using more gasoline. Well, when you start doing things like adding, whether it's MCTs, ketones, um, some other substance in the body, your body needs certain vitamins and minerals to handle and you know keep this sort of dynamic turnover running. It could be that the cost is now you have to increase your B vitamin intake or you have to increase certain other substances right. in order to maintain the efficiency of utilization of energy from that. Because if you don't do that, then you run the risk that you deplete some other area of your body. And so now the consequence might be a hormone level goes down or your immune system is weaker. Right. You know, we want, in a perfect world, we want to do what we want and never have a penalty. <laughs> right? No, you're right, though. Oh, those, yeah. are, those are important factors. I mean, like arlopoic acid can deplete biotin, right? So you have to keep that. You have to take that into account. Someone's like, hey, my glucose is high. Let me just add arlopoic acid. And they don't take biotin into account. And now they've, now, now they've fixed their glucose levels, but they're deficient in biotin. You know, so yeah. there's always there's so many factors. Sometimes when you increase testosterone, that can lower your LDL cholesterol, right? And But if you take a few extra tablespoons of coconut oil or olive oil, that'll balance it out. But you, have to, you have to consider these things, and most people don't. They just take something like you said and think it's just going to be all positive. Yeah, a couple of things I'll share with you guys I've been experimenting with recently with um, some of the different clients we have here. And one is, um, you know, like if you look at a lot of the uh, muscle protein synthesis studies from uh, Robert Wolf and Kevin Tipton and all the different people, um, I believe uh, Elena Volpe, all the people sort of from that research group and, and some of their associates, uh -huh. essentially what you see is that taking essential amino acids before, during, even after exercise improve muscle protein synthesis post resistance training exercise regimens and these are these are full spectrum amino acids or branch chain no, amino acids no, just essential amino acids okay. so like, like about, the eight the eight essential amino yeah, acids okay exactly and so um from that data some of the um uh let's see i think it was hector lopez and i think it was another individual who i'm drawing a total blank on his name right now uh but one guy's an md the other guy's a phd and essentially what they did they took a lot of the studies from athletes and from uh, strength training, and they said, let's apply this to post-surgery 
uh, subjects for hip replacement. So basically, they gave them the building blocks of like essential amino acids. They gave them the building blocks for making cartilage. And they gave them a full spectrum of vitamins and minerals. And they gave them some carbohydrate to intentionally raise insulin to help increase sort of the, the driving machinery to drive all these nutrients into the cells. And they found that subjects were able to recover post-surgery four to eight times faster. Wow. And strength levels increased dramatically. So these are, you know, if, if you've ever seen a guy get a hip replacement, it's a pretty barbaric, I mean, they're yeah. not way in there. It, it's not like a gentle thing. It, it's, it's some serious work. And what you would expect, given the severity of the nature of the surgery, that doctors would say, hey, let's do something to give you a fighting chance after the surgery. And there's no recommendations for nutrition at all. And now here's the well, what do you what do you think about systemic enzymes in that context? Because in Germany, those are used quite a bit. If someone's in a car accident, if someone just had breast implant surgery, there's a lot of inflammation. And high high dose enzymes are often yeah. used in that text to quell the inflammation and well, with great results. Yeah, so I think proteolytic enzymes uh, taken oral and empty stomach could be a useful tool. But keep in mind, though, um, if you're low in vitamin C. There's no enzyme that's going to help you with that. You need right, enzymes. right. You know, right. Think about how many people have you heard going into surgery of any kind, and the medical group responsible for their care said, hey, let's measure your vitamin minerals. <laughs> it never happens. You, you don't get that measured ever. <laughs> and if you ask for it, they'll wonder. Oh, they look they at you all cockeyed. Yeah, they start yeah. questioning, like, why do you want to do that? Yeah. <laughs> They don't do it before, during, or after surgery, even though there's really good data showing simple things like. Well, they don't, they don't even address nutrition recommendations like, hey, make sure you get a protein shake in because you're not going to have a hard time digesting real food. Not even something as nascent as that. Yeah. Well, that's because it's kind of um, they're becoming so focused on more of the mechanical options of surgery. Right. And right. looking at the biochemical and physiological interactions that, you know, and they're also, they're not. If every doctor had to do a rotation in hospitality services, put them at a premium luxury hotel that has to wait and care on people, and now put them back in medicine, you would see healthcare change overnight. Mm. Because they would stop thinking of it from their perspective and start thinking it from the client perspective. In other words, how do I make your world easier? That's my real value, right? My value right. in how do I make my world easier? For me, because I make it easier for you. <laughs> yeah. that true? But how many doctors make it that way? Nobody. <laughs> That's so true, though. You go to a doctor, it's like, yeah, I could evaluate your blood work, but it's a lot easier for me just to give you this pill and send you on your way. That's what I'm going to do. You've had erectile dysfunction for 10 years, and there's probably a lot of reasons, underlying causes, <laughs> but I could give you Cialis or Viagra and send you out the door within two minutes, which is a lot 20, easier for me. <laughs> and i got 20 guys in the waiting room right now waiting for the same thing, and you're holding me up, buddy. <laughs> so chop, chop. Guy, guy starts talking about, you know, I've had uh, – Full recall of some personal trauma as a kid. It's like, no, 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 no. I don't want to hear that. I got some Zola for you. Just, you know, it's like, no, 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 no. We're not gonna go. We're not gonna dig that deep, buddy. You know? so, do you see a couch in this office, man? Come on. It's like you don't even have a chair to sit down. You have to stand up. So you turn around and walk out easily. You know? that, that's really interesting, though, about the amino acids because Mark Philippi. I don't know if you know him. Strong former strongman competitor, Mark Philippi. He needs to get a, a hip replacement. So this could be something really useful for him, this information. Yeah, 
absolutely. Um, I haven't seen Mark in years. Years ago, we did um, we did some co talks together for National Strength and Conditioning Association annual meeting. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And Mark was a hell of a deadlifter, man. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. His deadlifting is amazing. Yeah, I saw him pull like uh, I want to say it's like eight fifty eight. Yeah, eight sixty three. I think is the best he ever did. But what's interesting about his technique is interesting. And it actually, I meant to send this clip to you, Sincere, because I think it would be good for you. It would be good deadlift technique that would apply to your physique, mm-hmm. where he would get in position and he would squat lower where his arms are bending, right? So it allows him to get more of a leg drive. Right. And then he would pull up aggressively. He wouldn't lift the bar until his arms straighten out. So he's getting an extra drive right before the bar is even close to being pulled. So he would just squat down, pull aggressively. The second his arms straightened out, rip that bar off the ground. And it's not, it's not really something that works for my physique, but I think it would work for your physique with the long arms. So yeah. I'll, send you the, I'll send you the clip, man. It's on YouTube. I meant to send it to you last week, actually. I was thinking about it. It's a, it's a pretty cool. I tried it a couple times. For me, it just throws things off a little bit. Sure. I, I'm not the most coordinated guy, so you <laughs> you add a little bit of complexity. It's like, okay, now now I'm focused on getting that timing right, and uh, I'm not getting my hips in the right position to drive that bar off the floor. But it's interesting. Yeah. It's interesting technique. Yeah, well, when I was going um, earlier, I seen Mark pull. I was at the Arnold Classic one year. Mark pulled eight fifty something. Was whatever they had like some weird tires and weight on top. Yeah, of yeah, yeah, yeah. Tires, but, yeah. Like he pulled like the bar was empty. He pulled it so easily, like. Yeah. I don't think the guy even had to like exhale. I think he just pulled it. Well, up. you know, his thing is is generating so much momentum. Yeah. That the bar just pops off the floor. And he and I have talked about the deadlift a lot. He's like, look, you want to dip and drive so fast that it feels like the bar is bouncing off of. It's effortless. A few a few times I've timed it right. And, and yeah. he's right. If you time it just right, you get this pop where the first couple inches, which are the hardest inches to pull through, yeah. you blast right through those. And then your confidence is so severe because of that. You're like, man, I can't believe those first yeah. three inches came up so easy. There's no way you're going to miss the rest of it. Yeah. But you got to have really solid technique and mechanics. Oh that. yeah, uh, absolutely. That that the, the anyone most people who would try that, their ass is going to be so high in the air, and the bar is not even going to move off the ground. They're, they're going to try, try to dip and drive, and the only thing going up is their butt. And they're going and to the take over for the team. That's the Adebisi yeah. technique again. <laughs> now they're doing a stiff-legged deadlift. Yeah. 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 So, so be, for most people, yeah, if you if you don't have if you're not fast and you don't have, it's basically a two a two-step pull, right? Kind of like what Olympic lifters do. And if yeah, if you can do it, if you can time it right, great. But very few people will be able to. So, um, where do you want to go after the ketones? Well, let's talk about uh, SARMs, right? Selective selective androgen receptor modulators, because there's one called Osterin that one of our listeners made me privy of, and I looked into it, and my friend Anthony Roberts uses it, and he says it's great. He's gotten great results with it. So I'm curious what you think of SARMs in general, and in particular Osterin. So, gosh, what I'll say to this is that we don't use any SARMs here, um, so I can't comment on it from the perspective of direct evidence where we're measuring people and we could say, hey, here's what we've seen. So, yeah, In uh, that case, let's get into some more Tim Ferriss stories. No. <laughs> <laughs> because that's so enough. well last time. And they went over very well. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let's talk about the time you kicked him in the nuts in your office. No. <laughs> uh, Maybe how about, why don't we do this? How about um, 
maybe next time I'll look into some stuff on SARMs and I'll talk about it then. Yeah, I'm gonna. I, I got a bottle of Ostrin. I haven't started using it yet. It's just what I read about it looked intriguing, so I, I bought it just to put it away for down the road. I'll try it out at some point. I'll do a two to four week cycle to see what I think. But it looks interesting. It looks like it's good for bones and ligaments as well, which is what I found most intriguing. So I've got a little bit of a bone spur in my left arm, which might be some kind of ligament issue as well. So I was curious how would it would how would it would affect that. You know, I, I'm doing something right now to get rid of. Um, bone spurs really? right elbow. Yeah, I had. Um, are you? Is that something that's non-surgical, or what are you doing? So I had. Well, first I had uh, serious bone spurs in my right elbow, and uh, <laughs> about it was either one or two years ago. I have no sense of time, but I think it was two years ago. I went had a. Uh, I couldn't extend or flex my elbow beyond like so many degrees, but it didn't hurt. It just clicked like crazy. That's what I have. It's exactly and, what I have. <laughs> and I couldn't fully extend. And, and, and the thing was, since it didn't hurt, I didn't really realize it. <laughs> yeah. One day I'm just like, I have both arms straight and I realize my right arm doesn't go anywhere near to, you know, to full extension. Like yeah. my left arm, yep. it was, it was noticeably different. It wasn't like a few degrees. It was, it was like 15 degrees difference. Oh yeah. And then I, I started, I flexed and it was the same thing on the flexion and extension of the elbow. So I was like, you know, I should probably get this checked out because I don't want to find out, you know, too late. So I go and, um, sure enough, get x-rays, MRIs, and there's just tremendous calcification inside the joint, yeah. which is blocking the extension of flexion. Yep. So I go and get surgery, and the, and the doctor position has, oh, it's a simple job to clean it out, no big deal, half an hour, you know, we'll be done. So four hours later, I come out of surgery, and the joke between the surgeons is one surgeon comes over to the other guy that did my work <laughs> on my elbow, and he goes, whose knees did this come out of? And the guy's like, that's not knees, that was one elbow, and the other surgeons, and there's no way all that material came out of one elbow. And uh, they're like, no, I'm serious, man. I don't know how this fit in there. And so afterwards, um, you know, I got this handout from the, the doctor's office that says, you know, don't lift anything heavy. So I'm thinking, all right, I won't, you know, do 100-pound rows or anything like that. You know? <laughs> So just I do go, 80 pounds instead. <laughs> yeah, I go food shopping, and I'm carrying three cases of water. And then um, one of my friends like, dude, didn't you have surgery this morning? I go, yeah. He goes, well, what the hell are you doing carrying all that water? They said, well, not to lift anything heavy. So he goes, well, what do they define as heavy? I go, you know what? I never read that. So let me go look. So heavy was anything over five pounds. So, so I'm carrying cases of water. But again, it didn't hurt. Like, so yeah. how do you know when yeah. like, if you lift something, it hurts, you know, okay, stop doing this. But if right. it doesn't hurt, you don't necessarily think, oh, that's dangerous to my, you know, my health or my repair or something. Yeah. So I, I reluctantly stopped carrying the water. And now I feel like, uh, like, I don't know what my purpose in life is because <laughs> I got to go back to my car and my friend is carrying all my groceries for me. You know, <laughs> come on, who, who wants their friends to carry shit for them? Nobody. So, <laughs> Speak for yourself. <laughs> I did pretty good for a while. And then uh, now we are two years later, and I could feel the same thing happening again. Mm-hmm. So I winded up, um, I met some doctors, they're MDs from uh, China, and they did a uh, some type of residency or rotation at Harvard Medical School looking at the effects of different herbal preparations for uh, liver function, kidney function, things like uh, um, getting rid of bone spurs. Mm. So I figured, you know, it's worth the investment to just see if this helps me because if it helps me, I can help a lot of the cases we have because right now, the only thing I've seen 
that consistently works to get rid of bone spurs is surgery. You get in there and you just basically get rid of them. I don't know anything outside of that that consistently works for every patient. How, how long? How long did you did it take for you to get back to normal after that surgery? Uh, man, I want to say maybe one and a half to three months, based on like because the one and a half months. Okay, so that's not too long. bad. I mean, that, that's I mean, you were able to train at some point during that three months, right? Just you mean just full capacity wasn't until the three month mark. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was basically pain free right away. Like the thing about the elbow that's deceptive. Yeah. Your arms hang at your sides. You don't have compression. And so, like, if that was a knee or a hip, you would have pain immediately because you're either lying, standing, sitting on. You know, oh yeah. Have, yeah. Yeah. What's an elbow? It's deceptive. Um, like, as an example, the incidence of arthritis in the elbow and the knee is exactly the same. Hmm. Yet, what do you hear everybody talk about? Replacing their knee. You don't hear a lot of people talk about replacing their elbow. Yeah. And, and the reason, yeah. because the elbow, by, by hanging, by your arm hanging at your side, it's unloading. So right, right. Things we've used here for helping different joints um, is unloading. And, and I learned that from a doctor out of Florida by the name of Alan Dunn. He was doing intraarticular growth hormone injections. And um, even though I found uh, Alan's bedside manner to be absolutely terrible, <laughs> but the guy was was fairly like he had some insight on some things. Yeah. Um, so um, now, were, were you happy with this doctor who performed the surgery for you? Was this out in Phoenix? Uh, yeah, I was happy with him, but he retired since then. Oh, okay. If you can make a recommendation for me, it, it, yeah. it could be Phoenix. It could be anywhere. I don't mind traveling for the right person. And it sounds like you were able to just walk out right after the surgery, right? You didn't have to spend oh, yeah. the night there or anything like yeah. that. So it's not that invasive. You can just leave yeah. right after Plus, it's done. So, so this is off the record, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, we are recording. <laughs> yeah. So I did prior to the surgery. I injected all the stuff that helps horses uh, rebuild cartilage. Oh yeah. Oh, and no. So literally, I get done with the surgery, and my joints feel phenomenal. <laughs> and so. Um, but one of the effects of the uh, agents. I don't want to. I don't want to sm- snort crack off a stripper's ass if that's where. If that's what you. If that's where this is going, you know. <laughs> do, do not be judgmental to you. I mean, I mean, not for the purpose of the surgery. I mean. <laughs> so, but seriously, with the, um, the uh, impact of the uh, agent was that it does stain your blood. So uh-huh. imagine now my tricep is like black and blue and purple looking. And so the office is like, oh, my God, you know, we've never seen this result before. And I'm like, oh, don't worry about that. I'll be fine. And so they're like, how could he be so nonchalant like his arm is, is purple? And so I uh, I put some kinesio tape and I did a compression sleeve. And technically, if you talk to most physical therapists, athletic trainers or doctors, they'll tell you the two together do not work. That's absolutely ludicrous. The two work together better than either one separate. Right. And literally within a day, um, uh, the way to the way you put the kinesio tape, you could do a straight strip, or you could cut like fingers and make it fan out. Mm-hmm. And so the technique I was taught was to cut like little fingers and make it fan out. So I put this, you know, kinesio tape. So afterwards, it kind of looks like a tribal tattoo on my arm because there's like <laughs> there's like you know the purple blood. There's no blood. There's purple blood. So it looks like a tattoo. And so I'm walking around at my place like, dude, I didn't know you're going tribal. And I'm like, I'm not going tribal. It's the result of the blood pooling in my tissue and the way we put the kinesio tape on. So then I, you know, just repositioned it. And within a day, I would say within about two or three days after surgery and it was been changed, there was no discoloration at all. Hmm. 
Oh, yeah, so, really so there's a lot of insight I can give you to really sort of enhance the results of the surgery. But, but yeah, I'm get, gonna have to. I'm gonna have to do it at some point. It's, it's yeah. like you said. I'm I've managed to work around. I mean, I can still deadlift. I can still barbell squat, of course. Even kettlebell presses, like any any other presses, is definitely not effective. Like bench presses out or barbell military presses out. Kettlebell presses, I can position them in such a way where I can work around it. But it, but it is a nuisance, and at some point, yeah. I'm, I'm definitely gonna have to have it addressed because it is well, it is inhibiting a lot of the things I want to do. Well, you should come down here so I can show you some of the new training technologies, like just how to stimulate muscle protein synthesis. Without, like, cool. I mean, what, if, what if you couldn't work out for whatever reason? Like, yeah, major, you got a car accident, major surgery. You're not yeah. going to the gym. But right. how do you keep your muscle so it doesn't atrophy? And, you know, what happens in um, a lot of the studies, people look at it from a perspective of, okay, this is only good after car surgery. You know, or, I'm sorry, after automobile accident, rather. Right. They don't look at it like, okay, what could – be done to maximize results from strength training, you know? Yeah. And so one really cool tool would be to stimulate your muscle fibers while deloading the joints because cartilage takes so much longer to heal and repair. Right, right. So, and there's a lot of cool stuff that could be done. And um, the other thing is um, getting back to the stuff we're do, I'm doing now, I basically have these, uh, these patches and the supplement that I take and Within three treatments, uh, those three treatments took a little over ten days. I had less clicking and grinding sensation. In what's my, uh, what's in the patches? It's just basically a ton of. It's about fifteen to twenty herbs that are in okay. the patches. The patches look like it almost looks like really dark brown, almost like a flypaper. Yeah, you yeah, know? sure. And it, it kind of goes over the area that you're trying to repair. Mm, okay. And um, the idea with the the, the supplement is a sub that is an oral product you take to increase circulation. Then you have the stuff that's delivered through the skin directly to the target tissue. I do not have any data that the stuff directly gets into the body, what it does, you know, from the actual product. But there's a ton of doctors and a ton of people saying, man, I tried this and it worked. So I was like, what the hell? Let me try it for myself. So I picked up enough. Uh, I, I, spent, you know, I spent about six grand to buy enough stuff to cover me for three months to see, you know, if I can get rid of bone spurs without surgery and without you know losing time with training i, I definitely would spend six grand because i have zero pain. No, no doubt if, if, if that's all it took for me to fix this right now i send the check right over man yeah. <laughs> course, you said me a couple you said me a couple of patches to put on there i'll send you six grand you have those patches working <laughs> so another two months because that's the full treatment course it's about three months and I'll give you a follow-up and say, dude, I'm telling you this stuff works or, hey, man, it doesn't work. Don't waste your money. Yeah. Um, you know, because, uh, you know, I, I want to be able to live forever and I want to be able to deadlift the truck forever. So, yeah, exactly. Exactly. I don't want to be one of these old guys that gets weaker. I want to be one of these old guys that's still strong as hell that all the young guys are going, what the hell is he taking? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. That's ex that's exactly what's exciting to me about all this this whole arena, you know, studying performance, studying anti-aging, studying all these different things because you don't have to have that inevitable breakdown that everybody just looks forward to. <laughs> you know? So I can't wait to get old. Then I don't have to lift this heavy stuff anymore. I can just talk about how I used to. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. Back in the day, Any, anytime you lift heavy, there's always going to be some guy who comes up to you right after you're done. And, oh, man, you know, uh, I remember when I used to do that. It's like, yeah, yeah, sure, sure. In your, in your dreams, when you when you used to dream about it, you never lifted half of this, man. Don't kid yourself. Well, you know what? Think, think about this. What if you could take – imagine you could walk into a gym and there's like Bill Kazmaier, Ed Cohen, there's Magnus Vermagnuson and all these, you know, Mark yeah, Felipe yeah. and all these guys that have – 
legitimate training knowledge and experience, and you could somehow siphon that from them and put it in your own head. <laughs> you know? yeah. Do you know how much time and frustration that would save you? Well, that's why I tell the young guys who work out at Mark's gym. There's a lot of teenagers who work out there where the first time they've ever lifted weights is under his tutelage. And I go, man, you guys have no idea yeah. what a privilege that is. Yeah. You know, how many years of wasted time the rest of us put in getting nowhere? You guys from day one are working with one of the best strength coaches ever. Yeah, yeah. yeah that, that's going to save them like five to ten years of doing the rug stuff. It's going to save them injuries that would have exactly. happened. It's yeah. going to save them years of frustration. Most of them probably would have. Most people give up because of what? Lack of progress, right? Nobody gives up because they're getting stronger every week. Like you right. go in the gym, you're like, man, I'm making so much progress. This is boring. Like every time I walk in the gym, I'm lifting more. This is boring as shit. Nobody gets nobody gets uh, irritable because they're making too much progress because you're not making enough. And you get you get like forget it. I'm working hard. I'm not like getting where I want to go. Just forget it. It's like that kind of frustration, that kind of attitude. Yeah. Well. Um, well, what, what do you think? Let me switch gears a little bit here with some other stuff that some of the listeners wanted to hear about. Just uh, you're you're a real expert on nootropics. I mean, in my opinion, you made the best over the counter nootropic product ever. Your Neurogain was awesome. That. Uh, powder drink and there's a lot of stuff out there now one of the most popular ones is alpha brain by a company called on it and these are yep. these are capsules right so it's not a powder drink now my opinion is you can't possibly get enough of each nootropic in a capsule for it to be effective now what's your take on some of these products such as alpha brain and there's several other like it yeah. other ones like it yeah so basically compared to uh the, the product i did before is called neuropath uh, oh, sorry. So, yeah. What's what's Neurogain is not your deal, right? Who's who's yeah. was that someone else's? Yeah, it's someone else's. <laughs> okay. Oops. <laughs> I, I, I knew it was neuro something. <laughs> it's okay. I'm not a marketer. It doesn't offend me. If I was a marketing guy, I'd be like, uh, now if I still had some of that neuropath, I would have gotten it right. <laughs> <laughs> so Instead, uh, I haven't taken it since 2006. <laughs> so the thing with neuropath, what I did at the time that was so different than even today that no one does, I looked at over 43,000 studies at the time, and I mean that literally, not <laughs> A lot of studies. <laughs> yeah. and, and what I did is I developed algorithms to search through the studies and pull out the highest dose for each individual ingredient that was ever shown to, have to, to work in people. And right. So, right. My, you know, so my rationale was if, if 1,600 milligrams works better than 800 milligrams – I don't, I don't want to be taking 800. I want to be taking 1600. You know what Absolutely. I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. And so what I did is I looked at the highest dose tested that worked and was still safe. And, and from that, I just put all this stuff together. And when I put all this stuff in a powder originally, there was no uh, flavoring or anything like that. It tasted absolutely terrible. It, it basically tasted like just go out to your backyard, take some dirt, and put it in your mouth. <laughs> That's exactly what it tasted like. And when I tried it though, I was like five or ten minutes later, I'm starting to feel something, but I'm not sure. So I'm like, let me try it with some other guys. And everybody's like, dude, this tastes like shit. And then everybody's <laughs> like, dude, how can I get more of this? <laughs> so, yeah, man, what it works, I don't care what it tastes like. <laughs> yeah. The thing is that, you know, most of my, my friends, they're sort of, you know, hardcore guys. And right, it's, right. It's a lower priority. But when you're talking about now, you know, we want to, we're going to introduce this product. Oh, yeah. You can't sell it to mass market. No way. Yeah, no, yeah. no one's going to, if it doesn't taste good, no one's going to take it. It's just true. Or at least tolerable. It doesn't have to taste good. It doesn't have to be Diet Coke or something, but it has to be tolerable. Yeah. So what we wind up doing is uh, we tried a variety of flavors and nothing really masked the, the, the harshness of the herbal notes and stuff like that. So 
in the end, the only thing that kind of worked was orange creamsicle. And even then, the guys loved it. The women hated it for the most part. Mm. But they tolerated enough to take it. Anyway, if we fast forward to now, this is almost 10 years later. The way that 100% of supplement companies work is they look at, they have a retail price point they want to sell something at, and they work backwards from there. Right, yeah. So when I, I tested all kinds of products, and, and what I would look at is the actual cost of ingredients was oftentimes less than the packaging for the product. Right. So with respect to, um, you know, on it and this uh, Alpha um, Brain, is that what it's called, Alpha Brain? I actually just got a bottle of it yesterday. I haven't taken it yet. But when I looked at it briefly, it's just a limited approach. You know, it's not like... Well, I mean, I mean, uh, there's just 300 milligrams of tyrosine that's in it. That kind of says it all. You know, my experience is three grams works very well. 1,500 maybe. But 300 yeah. milligrams, come on. Yeah. A frog so, is a frog's not going to notice the difference with that low <laughs> dose. Well, so you're right. <laughs> so it depends on if it's L-tyrosine or N-acetyl-tyrosine, right, or N-acetyl-tyrosine. Right, right, right. So Acylating the uh, amino acid. There's also, though, when um, with tyrosine, if you make it into a um, – uh, if you make it into a peptide, you can increase solubility by over a hundred times, hmm. but you dramatically increase the cost. And right, you, right. So, like, if you wanted to really be slick, what you would do is you would bind two tyrosine amino acids together. You get massive improvement in solubility versus like a free form of tyrosine. Right. And at the same time, now you could get you wouldn't need as large of a dose. Mm-hmm. But there are some, um, you know, the thing about um, with with tyrosine, a lot of the effectiveness is determined also by microorganisms in the in the gut. Yeah. Depending on the microbiome, that mean more or less tyrosine actually gets into the blood. And some estimates have been as high as 15 grams of L-tyrosine at once to get an actual significant improvement in the blood. Wow. Gets it in the adrenal glands and to the brain where you can induce changes in catecholamine synthesis. So, you know, so from person to person, you know, it's going to be quite a bit of variability. But um, I look at uh, what I've been doing recently. <clears throat> I went to, um, I've been playing around. There's a, a bunch of companies online right now that sell um, encapsulated versions of just a pure nootropic. And what I've been experimenting with is literally we buy every nootropic a company sells, you know, like like a pure alpha-GPC, a pure phosphatidylserine, or paracetam, or phenoparacetam, or whatever. Right. And we've been looking at, because now I have, like, defined doses, like 100 milligrams or 750 milligrams, and then we look at all the data, and I got a bunch of guys here that work in the company. We all work out. Most of the guys are younger than me. I'm kind of like the old man on the block, if you will. And what it gives me a chance is now I can have everybody take, like, so we start off with half a dose of, let's say, the highest dose ever tested, let's just say, argument's sake, was 1,000 milligrams. Well, 500 milligrams, but it's with all the other ingredients. So it's basically like half the highest dose of everything in one formula. And then we'll do like two-thirds, and then we'll do like a full dose of everything. And right. then we go up to like double dose of everything. And what you see literally at half a dose, most guys get enough of like a mental improvement for training, they don't need caffeine or other types of stimulants. Like they're really dialed in. Right. They actually enjoy that feeling better long term because 
what I'm seeing more and more that's a, a more significant contribution to performance is focus, more so than stimulants. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Stimulants sometimes take away focus yeah, exactly. right. and actually have a detrimental effect. Yeah. Well, years ago, I saw, you know, when I was competing in Olympic lifting, like, you know, back then, this was before they banned ephedrine and ephedrine alkaloids. You know, we would pop in mini thins and other stuff like candy behind, you know, the, the, the curtains before we go out and lift. Yeah. <laughs> and that was great for clean, but if you, because it was a real heavy weight and you needed to have as much stimulation as possible. But if you did too much too soon, when you were snatching, you were hurling this weight behind you. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You were just like, oh my God, what happened? And, you know, what you'd find is like guys would do like maybe one or two, then go snatch. They'd start warming up for the clean, maybe a slight break, then they might do another two, three, or four more, and then do the clean, you know? So it, it was, uh, yeah, which we found the hard way is, you know, too much caffeine, too much ephedrine before, um, you know, certain events really took away from performance. Yeah, I think, I think a much lower dose of ephedrine would have been a lot more effective than what most recommended, such as 10 milligrams, 5 milligrams. Yeah. Because I found even 25 milligrams was way too much for me. And some people were taking a lot more than that. 25 was considered the starting point. Yeah, I, so, I think 5 to 10 would have been much more effective. So, but it, so keep in mind, though, the original data, the bias was to maximize fat loss. It yeah, was, that's, that's, that's right. You know, that's right. Yeah. It wasn't to maximize mental performance or even sure. physical performance. That's Had they approached it that way, you were, you were spot on. It, it may have been a much lower dose because you would have overstimulated you know, uh, various systems in the body. I think you'd feel pretty good actually on five milligrams. I think you'd get a nice boost in energy and mental, mental focus, focus without, without getting those jitters and anxiety that can come with too much epidrine. Yeah, and I think mm -hmm. if they had focused on that, it'd probably still be around. <laughs> you know, you know, it is, it is still around. Well, I'm talking about, no, I'm talking about still around legally. Well, I guess you can say. No, it, it is still around. It actually, it the... actually is still around legally, but it's it's generally you have to go to a truck stop you know, or, some, <laughs> oh, yeah. or, or somewhere like that. You know, it's not yeah, at it's yeah, not at the true, vitamin shop or GNC. Exactly. You, go, you go you go to any truck truck stop or you, oh, those man, old have... those oh, those old school truck stops where you have to go inside to pay for the gas. Yeah, it's oh, always exactly. right there on the counter. <laughs> Just put a little powder and they're gone, man. Those guys just sit there and chuck the powder down and throw it and keep going. <laughs> so, so um, you know, getting back to the um, like the nootropic agents, you know. Well, I mean, something like Alpha Brain, the, the only ingredient in there that seems that has an effective dosage would be Vimpositine. I think it's about five milligrams, and even that's not ideal, but at least that's a reasonable dose, you know, five to fifteen. But when you look at, I think there's probably two or three ingredients that are responsible for ninety-five percent of what anyone feels taking that, and then the rest of it's just in there to be in there. There's no way anyone's feeling anything off 300 milligrams of tyrosine. I can tell you that much. You know, Makuna used to Makuna used to be in there at 50% L-dopa. I, I could see that being, you know, giving you a nice boost. But looking at the other ingredients, I, I just don't see it. Well, here's what I would say though: if you were, let's say, you were just really low in uh, tyrosine or L-dopa, and now you finally take something with it in. You might feel a difference because you were so low that anything is, you know, something beyond what you had was helping you. Right. But right. for people with normal physiological levels of, let's say, tyrosine and L-dopa, um, it's unlikely to have enough impact to make a difference, you know. Um, so, so I think it's, um, I think that nootropics are definitely uh, a step in the right direction for people to utilize as tools. Um, well, so I, I mentioned this so briefly earlier, but we got start talking about some other stuff. 
one of the things we found to maximize the um, the gains from nootropics is to take them before a very light cardio workout. Mm. Um, and so keep in mind that we know that with with uh, muscle activity, you increase blood flow anywhere from two to five times to target tissues. But you also get some increased blood flow to the brain because your heart's beating faster and pumping blood everywhere. Right. So if you are doing a submaximal exercise session, even like a light exercise session, let's just say like you're, you're, you're watching the news in the morning while you're pedaling on elliptical or something. So it's minimal ballistic, minimal impact on your joints. If you time it right and took like some type of brain cocktail, wait, you know, 10 or 20 minutes, enough for it to get into the blood and start being taken up by some of the cells. Now you start moving around you would increase the delivery to your brain cells, you know, the practical uh, ramifications. You could double it and maybe go up as much as 10 times beyond normal. Mm. And the impact there is that you're going to feel like way more amazing. And so we've been, we've been playing around with this kind of like, um, you know, you want to look at like, you know, what, what dose gives you the optimal result. But then once you figure out the optimal result, then you kind of want to go backwards and say, what's the minimal dose to feel this way or get this performance improvement? Because right, then right. you got more, you know, more utilization out of a given amount, you know. So instead of five doses, you may get 20 doses, let's say. Right, right. Because you're taking less per time, but you're getting more to the cell. Mm-hmm. And so uh, since we've been playing around with that, I've been coming up with uh, different strategies. One getting nutrients to the brain and two getting nutrients to my joints because uh, you know I, I beat the hell out of my joints after all these years of competition right. and uh, it's uh, you know it, it's nice to be able to use exercise not only get bigger faster and stronger but also as a way to improve the health of other tissues everybody yeah no doubt well, hey, let's save – I mean, we're going to talk about some cancer, alternative cancer modalities. Let's save that for another episode because we're at, I think, the hour mark or so. I think it would be if, – if you're if you're amenable to coming back a little bit down the line, maybe next month, that would be great. And we could just focus on that topic for that episode. Sure, man. I mean, uh, I, I got some really cool stuff we're doing with cancer uh, right now with different clients. Um, there's definitely a lot of insight I could share with that. Yeah, that would be fantastic. Yeah. Awesome. Well, hey, well, where can people find out more about all the great work you're doing? Just uh, go to humanhealthspecialist.com, and uh, there's ways they could you know, contact the office, with the phone number there, and then uh, my staff will, will kind of take care of stuff from there. Yeah, and there's some cool pictures of you at a Spartacus-themed party that Tim Larkin threw a while back. You know, <laughs> I think that's on his Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah, I had a... Well, actually, I went to, uh, I was at Necker Island, so that's uh, Richard Branson's island. Uh-huh, yeah. It was, yeah, it was a costume party. <laughs> I was uh, I was dressed up as... Was it, was it like Eyes Wide Shut costume party? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, how do you know me so oh, well? Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, so I, I was dressed as Thor, and uh, this other guy... Um, He's actually former uh, world record uh, powerlifting champion, yeah. and uh, he was dressed as uh, oh my god, what do you call those things? Um, he's got like the goat feet and the little horns. What do you call those? Centaur. Them? Uh, like a centaur. Yeah, centaur. <laughs> <laughs> a centaur. Like, and another guy um, dressed as uh, I think Zorro. 
And so, uh, <laughs> okay, we're leaving women at this party, man. <laughs> yeah, I'm starting to get worried, right? <laughs> I know. You're naming off all <laughs> these guys. What kind of party you, is this again? <laughs> you're, naming off all the, you're naming all the outfits, the guys. I'm like, where's Athena? I mean, come on, give me some goddesses here. Yeah. Or something. <laughs> so, first of all, if you don't it, the one thing you should know, there are always stunning women around Richard. There well, is no I'm, ugly I'm, women I'm talking around, around you, though. I know Richard's always got the girls, but it's just like, you got a centaur around you right now. I would hope, I would hope he would, man. He's a multi-billionaire. I mean, if exactly. a multi-billionaire doesn't have that, man, doesn't give the rest of us much confidence. Because <laughs> women are dumb. They're going to be hanging around a billionaire. They're not going to be hanging around me, man. Come on. Bunch of five guys standing around in a circle. You're running around with goat boy, goat boy and, and a dude with with a mask on and a long cape. Okay, yeah, someone so sword out. Okay. You, got, you got you got Thor, Hellboy, Zorro. <laughs> Here's what I'll say about Richard. You know you made it big when you go to a costume party dressed as yourself. Exactly. <laughs> He's like, Who are you coming as? The rich guy that owns the island. Okay. Well, it's like, you know, really wealthy people always dress like shit, right? Like in L.A., you go to a restaurant, the, the wealthiest guy there would have these crappy-ass clothes up. Why? Because he can. Anytime you see a guy with a nice suit on in he's L.A., broke. he's probably a valet guy or, <laughs> you know, he's, 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 he's probably someone's executive assistant. <laughs> oh, well, cool, man. Great having you on again. Uh, always a wealth of information, and we'll definitely look forward to having you back. Talking about the the cancer modalities, that'll be really interesting. Yeah, if you guys get some time, you definitely gotta come by and tour the place. And yeah, I'd, I'd love to, man. I'd definitely like to come out there because I want to do that whole bone spur surgery at some point as well. So maybe I can loop it all in one trip. Sure. Well, don't forget to send me that video clip of Mark. Cause I'd be uh, curious. Oh, that deadlift clip? Yeah, I'll send it to you too, no doubt. Yeah, it's really it's really interesting. It's almost like a like the way you would get into position for it an Olympic lifting snatch. Oh, so it's a, okay. a, a, yeah yeah I'll, I'll send it over to you. It's pretty cool. Nice. All right, awesome. thanks a lot, Tom. You Hi guys, it. have a great day. Yeah, you, you too. Have a great one. Bye bye. And that that's our friend Thomas Inkledem. Make sure to check him out at Human Health specialist. Performance. <laughs> Is no, that a specialist? HumanHealthSpecialist.com. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's like there's too many things to remember there. You know? <laughs> Humanhealthspecialist.com. And if you look up Tom Minklin on in, in Google, you'll see old, I mean, he's written thousands of articles for T Nation, Bodybuilding.com, you name it, every, every fitness outlet you could imagine on a variety of topics. So we'll definitely have him come back next time and just focus on that alternative cancer therapy. Because I could just tell that would have been another hour or so if yeah, we got into and that. And the timing, I think, of next month will be great right before October, before, you know, all the pink action starts to happen. And you start talking about Susan Coleman and all that other stuff, man. So it's kind of like yeah. right around that time. It'll be perfect. Is that the breast awareness? Yeah, it starts in October. So, you know, by the time we drop that episode in September, it'll kind of be perfect. Then we can probably start, guy, then we start talking about charities. And then yeah. we start talking about charities again, just to remind <laughs> people. And, you know, the ones who actually, like, you know, make use of the money that you donate and the ones that kind of like, I don't know, got like nice little jet planes and everything else with the money that you donate. And, you know? and guys that are actually actively growing breasts, that's not a way to show any empathy, you know, for women that are going through any of these things. All right. Just that's, you're taking the whole save the tatas campaign a little bit too far. So don't. <laughs> Grow them on yourself as a way to you know, relate to your significant other more so. If you guys, if you man, like, well, you know, I, I feel like if I have women like breasts, maybe I can relate to her more. Oh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you won't even talk about what that bench is for, <laughs> you know, in your bedroom. All right, let's. <laughs>
<laughs> Let's wrap up there. So again, folks, use that coupon code LLA. See, this is what we need video. This is, me, this is me over shaking my head right now. Like <laughs> LLA to get 10% off everything you see at MikeMahler.com. You can go to AggressiveStrength.com, which will take you right to my Aggressive Strength Testosterone Booster page. Get 10% off the best nutrition supplements money can buy. I've got lectures, ebooks, DVDs, T-shirts, you name it. And how about with you, man? You can go to newwarriortraining.com, use the same coupon code, and get 10% off everything over there from the Cheerio Doors for all you coffee lovers and tea lovers out there. I didn't forget about you. You can make a mean cup of tea with those Cheerio Doors as well. And you can get the Weight Management 101 program. So we're all talking about body composition, not about losing weight, which, I mean, honestly, we need to just throw it out the window, the whole I, I need to lose weight thing. Just like focus on body composition, and the weight will take care of itself. So, and that's what this entire program teaches you about. So you have that. You've got the ebooks over there. So you got the wellness code. You got my DVD. All that's over there. 10% off. Anything you can purchase, use that coupon code LLA. And also head over to patreon.com slash LLA podcast and support the show on a monthly basis. So for all of you who have our products and you're like, okay, well, I don't need to re-up on anything right now, you know, but I still want to support the show. Hey, that's what Patreon's for. And start off by, when it says become a patron in that little box right there, you see that one, put a zero behind that, or just wipe it out, put a five, or continue to put zeros behind that one. All of that, but go beyond a dollar, okay, because that's not really helping the show out. You know, it's just to kind of say, like, well, I, did, I donated. I had my head out of my ass. No, it was kind of out. You saw, you saw daylight. Okay, that's what we can say for that. But yeah, man, so go to patreon.com slash LLA podcast. And the third option is to always go over to iTunes, Stitcher, Tune in, all those great things that you use to listen to the podcast. Leave a review, rate us, share the episode on all the social media that you guys are on. All right? You know the drill. Do it. All right, <laughs> folks. So that's all right, take care, up. everyone. Take care.